Welcome, family of the Visions and Tones. This is episode number four, and same as many other episodes, I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm coming with a friend of mine who is actually a very brainy person. I've got great respect for him. He recently just finished his PhD as a medical researcher. He's got like over 10 years of experience, work experience as a, as a medical researcher. What he, he worked on different projects, which he's going to share with us a little bit about it. Um, without further ado, let me just introduce you to Dr. Pedro Garcia. Thanks, Tony. How are you going? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me today. Very excited to be here and sharing a little bit of what I've been studying and work on lately. Right. Thank yeah. you. I'm, I'm really excited to have you joining us. Uh, thank you. Dr. Garcia. So all the way from Brazil, how does it feel? You're here and it's yeah. Corona crazy. Oh yeah, I was just lucky to fly from um, Brazil last year in December and flew back just in time. The whole thing started. In, mm-hmm. Yeah, in Brazil was where it was I did my bachelor in biological physics and master in molecular biophysics. And I moved to Australia in 2015 to do my PhD in medical biochemistry. Now I try to blend it all in a big um, knowledge to work in my current job as a medical researcher. Right. So, so can you tell us a little bit about where you worked and, and how you worked and, and everything? Right. Um, basically, we work with um, open question in biology. It could be like some disease or some um, mechanism that we still don't know. Um, how does it work? And we have the hypothesis and then how to test the hypothesis. Then we gather data, then from the data we try to understand um, what was happening in that particular biological issue or disease, could be a disease, inflammatory response, or yeah, but my background is more strong in biophysics, so I love proteomics mm-hmm. and how the proteins play a huge role in our immune system, on your organism, on your thinking, on your yeah, it's been a great journey. I love learning. I'm passionate about knowledge and learning. And yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> so now we are here on the vaccine. Yeah. Uh, and, and in what you just said and mentioned, it doesn't come out anywhere that you sort of work on the line of vaccines. So, so yeah, tell us, yeah, tell us yeah. about that. Um, vaccines itself is not my field. Like, I don't work making vaccines, but... Being a medical researcher, you have to know what vaccines by default, what it is and how it works. And because I I work in immunology lab, so we do studies how the the cells, the immunocells work, what they do to stop and how they produce the antibodies, but not particularly vaccines. But yeah, I I do love, as I say, I do love learning. So I check by myself. so I, I don't go to the media, what the media is telling me. So what I, every time someone say there is a paper release about vaccines, go in and check itself in the source, like in the scientific journal that was published. And I check the whole data, the whole numbers and the probability, the safety, the ethics behind it. So I right. check by myself. Yeah. So I'm pretty curious and learning from that part too. That's really great. I'm, I'm excited to have you here talking to us about Corona and talking to us about, you know, the vaccine and because there has been quite great controversial debates, yeah. you know, going on around and 
fake news, propaganda, and yeah. all those stuff. A lot of myths coming up about Corona and the vaccine. Yeah. And I thought it would be great to have you, since you work as a medical researcher, to actually come and share with us a little bit about you know um, um, the vaccine and the future. Because really, the question is, what is the future for us? You know, yeah. um, at this moment, Australia, particularly in New South Wales, it's like we're having new, we're having this spiral of COVID after we've actually. Um, done great fighting it in the past and now more restrictions are back in Sydney there's too many things happening yeah. around but not only here the third world you know having so much uh, challenges South Africa at the moment is under great challenge you know mm. the new variant actually being detected yeah. there and you know so many things are happening and we'd like to understand you know the future what what the future holds for us so if you can just maybe tell us um, we we just approaching a year now that the World Health Organization declared um, COVID as a pandemic. Yeah. But we actually just over a year and a couple of months having this virus in existence. Yeah. Uh, why, why has it taken us so long to actually come up with a vaccine? Um, yeah, good question. Um, but actually, in my opinion, it is the fastest vaccine that we have already developed. So, um, as I say, my, I'm Brazilian, my family's in Brazil. So, what I'm um, I try to help them is to actually keep them inf informed and deliver the information. So I try to translate from the very complex scientific paper with jargons for, for no scientific people what is happening, what is this, and how to protect themselves. So that was um, because to go towards your, your question, um, was the vaccine usually take 10, 15 years in average to make, but... In talking to my dad about, because he asked me, like, why vaccines it takes that long, or why this one is getting so quickly, and oh. yeah, so while I was talking to him, I gave him this picture um, that we don't reinvent the wheel every time we drive a car. Mm -hmm. So every time we have a biological problem or um, issue that has, has happened, we accumulate accumulate this knowledge. We don't just put away everything that we figured it out. So what I'm trying to say, the knowledge is accumulative. So that creates a platform that we can stand on or get a, a head start to find new vaccines or new treatments or cross um, information and treatments to, to actually find out what is happening. So, and that's what I believe with vaccines because now compared to 40 years ago, we have way more knowledge and understanding how the immune system works and how to stop it, how to actually crystallize a virus um, envelope um, where they have the proteins in there that interacts to the um, cell membrane. So all of this, it's already um, methodology that we do every day. So um, that leads us to have this one year pretty much um, um, start having like vaccination. But also, I think that was one of the very first time that the whole scientific community itself collaborate across countries and um, sharing data, sharing patients that got through the trials. So what I, th I was reading this article saying that it was one of the biggest collaboration ever in one, in one study that has been made. So that's what actually speed up the whole vaccine creation method. Um, and again, it, it, it is like it went through the whole ethical and the whole safety procedure talking about the three of them that I'm more confident, um, which is the Pfizer, Oxford, and the Moderna one that I've been looking closely. Mm -hmm. 
there I do believe those ones is follow the whole ethical and safety procedure and with a large amount of um, people that got around like 45 50,000 people from different backgrounds wow. so they got tested and a very low numbers with people with adverse reactions so in my opinion I'm pretty excited and optimistic towards that believing in a better future yeah, yeah. For, our, for our for ourselves and our families is there any is there any particular background uh more background about these 50 plus thousand people who are part of the study like yeah. in terms of countries and, and whatnot yeah um what they do is they have 50 and 50 usually um and then they get like uh, the placebo guys and they actually the people that get the vaccines and uh they usually looking for different different people from different backgrounds so as more as that's my opinion as more as more diverse your genetic background is if the vaccine works on you most likely it's going to work in everybody else so they usually go to third world country like brazil and africa and all those countries that have a really mixed culture throughout the history and colonization and, and stuff um we got mixed quite a lot so for example myself i got a background in spanish italian and brazilian so right. like my genetic background it's pretty mixed so that's um i think i got a data here from i'm reading the paper from pfizer and they have a different uh, population if you if you can i can give you the link and then you can share but uh, they they mention the countries and how many people from each countries uh, uh, in brazil was um close to 3000 people uh, 2284 Right. So like they and they go like South Africa, um, Argentina, Midwest Asian, Black or African American. So like they are very mixed and um, demographic char- characteristics from the participants. So right. that's my understanding. It's like trying to because let's say if you test the vaccine in one group of people in one little country and it works on them, it doesn't. You can't relate the data to the whole world. I see. Right, you need to have a bigger picture from different background and how people react to different different um, adverse response. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, great, great jargon. Um, I'm listening to even myself coming from a sociology background. I'm sort of yeah. learning different terminologies and, and different wording that you're actually using there. Um, so every now and then I'll probably maybe ask a little oh, yeah, bit of time now. Anytime, if, you, if, I, <laughs> if I drop a few, because one of my goals here too yeah. is to translate scientific jargons and um, understanding from scientific field to actually non-scientific people. Yeah. That's what I try my best. And many people, I'm glad they invite me for the podcast because my socials has been hit with people that they understand I'm from the medical field research medical field and i'm glad that they reach out for asking information because they trust in me i see this as a trust so actually sharing this with you would help me to share it with them and to have like this more centered information at once <laughs> thank you yeah. Yeah. Uh, so obviously covid has i believe it has raised this competitive kind of an attitude between different research institutions between countries and whatnot yeah. you know such that many 
vaccines were being questioned, especially the longevity of preparation and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I remember Russia at some point came out and say, oh, they've got their own vaccine and yeah. whatnot. I'm trying to find to, to understand how then do the ordinary people know which one to trust in this particular time? That's a good question because non-scientific people, they will have the resource to check. Um, I believe as if I'm not a scientific person, I would go with your, what your country health minister say so because I would rely on his expertise to understand what's better. For example, I can give you an um, example of what will happen in Australia with the vaccine that was happening with HIV false yes. positive that happened. So because HIV is, is a such well-studied virus and it's a very um, complex virus compared to the coronavirus, so there is a lot of studies related to it. So again, what Australian sci- um, scientists and researchers did, they stood up on this platform where they already studying HIV and how the mechanism that works. So they used little parts of no harm, like no harm part of the, and even, um, I even took notes here, I can read it for you. Because it, it was a concerning, so they say, it's important to know that there is no way that the vaccine that causes a HIV infection because it contains harmless fragments of the virus. So what they do is they have this whole platform and studies that they can use there and insert a new information for the coronavirus and use that already. So they say that the vaccine was likely to work, but we knew that we didn't want to have any issues with confidence at false positive. That may cause confusion and lack of confidence. So again, this is the Brandon Murphy, the Secretary of Australian Department of Health. So he said, like, it was most likely that worked, the vaccine in Australia, but because it caused a false positive. So what happened is the body, the patient's body, recognized that little fragment from the HIV virus, mm-hmm. which was harmless, right. and it couldn't replicate itself, but creates antibody against that because the body recognized as a pathogen or a foreign body. And then, but because he needs this, the community and the ethical trust, they decide to put it down. That's his word. Mm-hmm. Even though it was most likely to work, and because there was already three vaccines in the final trials, it was like, well, I better just team up with them and be ready for having a better, more accepted vaccines right. in the, in the, that the population would so. So I, I guess that's what you meant earlier on in your opening line where you said, from the conversation with your dad, you said um, whenever there's a new virus, you do not sort of create or invent a new wheel. You actually go to the bank and look at what vaccine actually exists yeah. um, um, that you can sort of use part of it um, to, 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 to try sort of resolve the new virus. So, for instance, was there any identification or, or similarities between the coronavirus and the HIV and AIDS virus as a reason as a result of having to to go borrow from there. No, what I, what I've uh, what I've checked it's they ju- pretty much just to use the the capsule that the HIV part of thing that was a, a fragment of that that could carry the other part of the coronavirus. So they were like it's a scratch, like they're just trying to. Um, combined to they are not they are not similar like we are lucky that coronavirus is not a complex virus mm. compared to HIV that's also why it helped with the speed of the vaccine 
but it's just because they use it they are using this platform where they have the knowledge about the HIV virus already and using that attached to the new technology they are developing yeah that caused that I was excited to see I think it's an ABC to, to listen to the ABC podcast when they were speaking about you know the false positive the HIV false positive and I was like the great thing is that they're clarifying that it doesn't mean that the patients yeah. are positive, but it just means that um, there was sort of a creation of an antibody response. Yeah. What, what does that mean? So every time we got infection, or even like we got a pathogen, even a dust that we smell and put inside of our body, our body recognizes a foreign body. So as soon as that thing is identified in the body, it, it starts a lot of reactions. So if it's a dust, a type of cell is going to come and wipe this away, break it out. If it's a bacteria, that is another mechanism. If there is a virus, our body is going to create a, a, another molecule called antibody, where it's going to kind of mirror the virus shape or... I'm trying to be really like if you are from scientific field and listen to this, I, I'm, I trying to be, yeah, I'm trying to be very like... Um, clear and most um, less jargon I can be. So the antibody is a molecule that's going to identify the virus. Somehow they like each other, right? But the antibody itself is going to stop the virus to enter in your cells. So uh, that's every time you go like an infection or something, that's the whole process that happened. Yeah, so that's the word antibody. You can see like as a mirror that was a reflection of the virus and then stopped it. And somehow they like each other and they just bind. Yeah. could be by hydrophobic, thermodynamics, electromagnetism, or a combination of that. Right. Can, can we talk about what I sort of call an attack towards the medical field? And an attack coming from sort of mainstream, mainstream media propaganda and, you know, many other different platforms. Yeah. Um, um, as far as you know... Um, what are the sort of what would you say has been the attack towards mm-hmm. the, 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 the medical field? And I'm thinking that the attacks may have not just come from the mainstream media mm-hmm. um, propaganda, but it can it also came from different bodies. I mean, some pastors came forward yeah. even talking about how there's a manufacture how these companies that are manufacturing vaccine that is going to corrupt human DNA. Yeah. And at the same time, you're looking within the medical field itself. There's different mm-hmm. doctors who are actually in different contests about yeah, different what is right and what is wrong. I mean, the most popular one at this moment would be the American doctor. Um, I'm not sure if she's American, but she, she's working in America. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, Dr. Stella Emanuel actually spoke about the use of hydrochloroquine and yeah. how other medical researchers came and opposed it. So it sounds like... It seems like the the pullback kind of arguments or criticisms are not mm-hmm. just only from mainstream media. It, it's different people, and that yeah. tends to come and then affect the ordinary human being who is not even within the scientific field or in a spirituality or whatnot. Can can we share with us um, about what could be the attacks of the medical field so far? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's something that um, I was sharing with my lab mates because even though we don't work in vaccines or coronavirus itself, we do relate it to the researches that we're doing it because 
as you know, a little bit I've shared with you, we have crazy workloads and we work so hard for something that we may don't even see. Could be in the future, 10 years or 20 years, or maybe I won't be here. And those attacks get me really sad sometimes because um, can be, as you say, can be from anyone. Can be from your friend, can be from the media, can be from someone that you love. And then you just, you just need to, you know, sometimes ignore or have grace because they don't have the full understanding. But what my biggest concern would be, it's how those attacks can lead in the misinformation and make people think not clear and have, having some lot of doubts and doubting about things that it's really well validated, like right. vaccine. Yeah. Like one of the biggest things that's happening at the moment, if you don't mind me sharing, it's um, a very strong politician in Brazil. I'm not going to say who he is, yeah, but no. people know. Yeah. I mentioned that the Pfizer vaccine is going to change your DNA and you'll become a, in a crocodile. Oh. So, <laughs> because what the Pfizer vaccine is doing is actually copying a little bit the message of one of the proteins that is the spike spike proteins is the protein that's going to communicate to a cell membrane and actually hey let me in i need your mechanism to replicate myself so what the, this vaccine is, is doing it's actually copying that little message from the mrna which is a molecule that translates genetics in protein so our body is going to make this spike protein, which is harmless and doesn't, it doesn't carry any genetic charge from the virus. So once you do it, our body is going to recognize as a pathogen and then recognizing that it's going to start doing the antibody. So if one day you got the infected by coronavirus, we're going to have already the antibodies ready to attach to the spike protein original from the virus and stop the infection. So it's not going to change your DNA or you're not going to turn in a crocodile or what I, I told again with my dad, because we talk a lot of, um, about that with my dad. I was telling him that you, I, every time you have a barbecue, you don't feel like a cow the next day, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> or every time you have a big salad, yeah. you don't wake up doing photosynthesis. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is every time constantly if you are vegetarian or not, you're always putting DNA molecules inside of you. And you're not changing your DNA charge because it's something intrinsic to you. It's like something that your body only knows how to manipulate the molecule. And nothing will change that until, unless you have like UV uh, radiation, things that they are DNA damaging, Mm -hmm. but not like eating or have a vaccine, stuff like that. So that's, those attacks can, back to your question, those attacks can be said personally, but my biggest concern is how the media and propaganda can actually mislead people to have a real breakthrough and stopping that infection and the pandemic in general. And towards hydroxychloroquine, I'm going to stick to my lab mates, not lab mates, but my lab friends that they have tested and simply didn't work and could be any other drug. So I know that the race to find a drug that can stop antivirus infections is crazy. And But as long as you have the data, and the data has shown that hydroxychloroquine doesn't work, and sometimes depending on how, how sick is the person, it can actually be worse. Because if you have, again, it's a drug. If you have a, different, a higher dose of that, your body needs to deal with the toxicity of that drug mm-hmm. and the virus infection at the same time. So like I, me, myself, as a researcher, I would if the physician um, prescribed me a hydroxychloroquine, I wouldn't take it if I'm facing a virus infection. 
That's right. my personal opinion. So you're, you wouldn't take it because data has shown that it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Like you said. Yeah. yeah. So as a scientist, I need to stick to the data and to the results because I believe they, they follow the whole methodology and the data analysis and the interpretation of that. Mm-hmm. And if they say, sorry, it doesn't work, so why am I taking it? Let's talk about the mRNA. I'm not sure how much um, you may know about this, but there's a number of researchers which uh, doc, uh, Dr. Emmanuel actually even mentioned about about it in one of the, the, the clips that I saw, which was circulating, where she speaks about uh, mRNA uh, being able to tell your cells how to produce certain proteins. Mm-hmm. Um um, but she's she made reference to this particular. I don't know if it's a. I think it's a vaccine called Luciferius. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, so so I'm just trying to add from what the politician said. One might turn into a crocodile and whatnot. But yeah. here's another view where they're speaking about this vaccine called Luciferius, and she says um, this protein is actually put uh, just outside your right hand but in between your pointing finger and your thumb. Yeah. So, and if, if you if you listen carefully, that's where even the chipmark 666, which appears in the yeah. biblical form in the, in the book of Revelation 13, actually speaks about where the chip is going to be sitting. So that's where the whole idea about, mm-hmm. you know, certain vaccines that are actually yeah. having the 666 come from. Because Luciferius basically... You can hear that it's a code name for Lucifer, yeah. um, uh, so to say. Um, how how relevant is this information? Because from the biblical terms, I've got a bit of a challenge understanding, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, the link between triple six and vaccine and the corruption of the whole human DNA, yeah. and what makes me to be somewhat skeptical. So I'm not saying everything is wrong, but I'm saying I've got questions which yeah. probably should be answered and not particularly by, by you, yeah. but this could be a conversation that I could also have with sort of religious leaders because mm-hmm. if indeed we are at the times where triple six has to come in, you look at the biblical mm-hmm. timelines, you see that these things do not sort of correlate because coming from Revelations chapter 1 to Revelation 7, yeah. that is where you actually get to see the second coming of Christ according to the biblical terms. And that's how we now go across the great tribulation. So the second coming of Christ happens in the bang of what is called the rapture, where the dead who actually died believing in Christ will be raised, and then they'll, along with the alive people, will meet up with Christ in the year. And then from there, the big bang happens, where there's now the great tribulation, wars and famine and all sorts of things. But that event is different to the event that comes up in the book of Matthew in a sense that in the book of Matthew, uh, the scripture tells us, it's not Matthew, just one of the Gospels, Matthew, John, Mark, Luke, tells us about how the presence of famine, wars, and whatnot is just the beginning of birth pain, but it's not particularly the end of the world. And then when you go to Revelations 1-7, to it tells us also about... uh, um, you know, the second coming of Christ, and it tells us about the great tribulation. But after that, that's where we now move to Revelation 13, which begins to speak about the chipmark. Yeah. Because now the, the there's many people who are left behind from Revelations 1 to 7. So the people who are left behind are the ones who now have to deal with the chipmark. Revelations 
um, 13 yeah. actually spells it out very well that without the mark, people won't be able to trade. They won't yeah. be able to do anything. So it's like you have to sell your soul to the devil. But I was more concerned about the timelines to say if now it is the time of the triple six, have we missed the second coming of Christ? Have we missed the rapture? So this is actually a question which probably out 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 throw to uh, pastors who actually believe that we are yeah. definitely within now the years of you know the beast mark triple six. Yeah. But uh, um, um, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> expecting you to sort of respond to that because yeah. now that's that's a deep one. I'd love to have a conversation with religious people. But what's your take then about this vaccine? If you've heard about it and. Uh, um. I haven't heard about the, this vaccine specifically, um, and it actually reminds me the other day was I was in the lab and I came across with this tube called luciferase, which is a is an enzyme that just um, targets some phosphorescent thing that comes to light and you can see things. But um, again, I think this is a good start of opening a conversation about the end of the times and stuff like that. But I'm not a theology guy, but I, I do love eschatology. I think that's the name that studied at the end of the times. But um, I don't believe this vaccine, and especially for the mRNA vaccine, because people say, oh, that's a new technology, the mRNA. Yes, it's a new technology being um, handled by humans. But the virus has done that since from the beginning of times. So what the virus does injecting its DNA and using, sorry, its RNA and using our machinery to copy and paste its genetic charge. So what you're doing at the moment is just understanding how the virus the, the, do it and actually handle and uh, manipulate that in our favor. So it's not a, a new thing that it's, it's a new technology managed by humans, but nature is doing that since the beginning of time. Um, so I'm not quite sure how to answer your question in terms of um, people having those vaccines. First of all, I won't believe it will be approved. <laughs> I don't believe it because I haven't heard it and it's not on, on the topic um, things. I, I could be sound a bit arrogant, but my, in my opinion, it's a bit of conspiracy right there. Because mm. um, what happened is, in my opinion, people that can't understand the fact usually to believe what is easier for them. And conspiracy is always easier for them to understand because it's easy terms and people feel included and, oh, I can't understand what he's talking about. Oh, yeah, and if it makes sense a little bit, I will accept that. So it's kind of uh, sad. That's, that's what my goal was here, to actually make easier to non-scientific people understand vaccines and the whole background so they can also feel included because it's something they're going to put on them. Right, a vaccine. I hope so. So we have a breakthrough. But as long as the vaccine is being, um, especially the um, the Pfizer one. The, uh, so what happened is Pfizer has been working on the technology for so long. It's not a new thing, but it, even for HIV and other type of more complex virus. And I believe this technology is going to not just bring breakthrough for coronavirus, but many other disease. Not even like virus infection or vaccines, but it's about to have lot of breakthroughs and some treatments, including cancer treatments. Right. So no, I'm just being faithful and op too optimistic right here. But um, what I can answer from your question as a sci scientific Christian 
is always check your heart and check the source if you don't feel trapped in conspiracy theory. Mm, true. Right? Um, it's okay to have faith and believe, but it's also okay to be curious to check things out. You know, like be smart, be be um, honest to yourself. Like I always listen to the two sides of the, the story. You know, like I, I follow people that I don't like. Not that I follow. I check what they are saying because I want to have their perspective. I want to understand where they came from to to talk about that. What their background is telling or creating that he's st- he or she is standing on that platform and speaking out those words. What is happening? So I always try to check both sides to have a better, clear understanding, a better vision about the problem. Could be political, scientific, scientific, anything like that, just to be more aware and smart and honest to yourself. Am I being misled? Am I being? Am I in a trap? Mm-hmm. Like, what, who who is this guy? Like, who is this person that's talking about? Do I give credit to him or her, or to this organization, or to this group of people? Mm-hmm. Like, try to be more critical but not arrogant you know what i mean like get you yeah like be more honest to yourself and don't be trapped in conspiracy theories so uh, i like what you said dr garcia yeah. um, <laughs> here's 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 a case for me as much as there are good prophets there's also false prophets yeah right and as much as there are good uh, medical doctors there's fake medical doctors yeah, same as fake academics People who can parade as academics, hence they're just politicians and whatnot. Um, Are you saying to us that there is no way at all that there are other notorious medical doctors out there who might be trying certain other things in the name of um, COVID vaccine? Yeah. Is is that the case? Are, Are there no doctors at all or... Oh, I like the fact I that need, you speak about we yeah. need to double check, but I'm just trying trying to think. I that would I would like to check who they are, like right. who are these people, who are they claiming, what, where they have studied, you know, like to see uh, their background, to see right. if it's legit or not. But I haven't heard about this vaccine right. at right. the moment, so it's not a in our day to day life. Mm-hmm. Um, just in 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 short now. Um, can can you can you just share with us your thoughts as to maybe the first question how how is the future um, by when do you think we can expect um, uh, the vaccine to roll out I know that this is a very difficult question yeah. uh, by when can we expect it to roll out and if you can also speak a bit about the South African case the new variant does a new variant mean mm-hmm. we need to try a new uh, uh, vaccine again because there's that kind of a back and forth debate again scientists are saying oh yeah. we're worried the vaccine that we have now yeah. might not work yeah um, I think the future is pretty promising and I'm excited towards vaccine and going back to what you call normality but um, for the new strain variants of the virus I believe there are many out there because every time the virus jump from person to the other it can miscopy some RNA part, and this can like change the virus information and what it is. At the moment, um, with the vaccine current that it's rolling out, it's not going to change much. But I believe this virus going to because it's a it's a type of respiratory virus, and they all they kind of follow the same behavior, and they probably going to be like every two years or three years vaccine. 
to update the, the sequence and to check the genome of the virus and see where it's about and to actually create a better. In terms of individual, I believe the whole immunization process will be up to a month, getting two doses. So let's say you get a dose now and then wait for seven or 10 days to have the second dose and then you wait for 15 days to be full um, immune right. to that. So the individual will be there. So, but I also, as a, as a researcher, if I put myself, like if I'm testing the vaccine, I would give it to the placebo people <laughs> the okay. first dose because imagine them, like I've been part of the, these trials, but I don't right. know if I'm getting the placebo or actually the vaccine. How about then the people in the third world? Because I, 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 yeah. I, I, I can imagine people in the first world in the West particularly uh, affording it, but yeah. what, what, is, what is then that so, this means for those in the global South? I, I believe like not in, in the perfect world, in the non-capitalism world, I think the vaccine should be rolled out at people that not handle, countries that not handled the pandemic well. Right. Like Brazil, India, um, some South um, African countries, because simply don't, don't have resources and people can't like, people in Brazil, talking about my people, they live in paycheck. They don't have any savings, majority mm-hmm. of the people. Mm-hmm. So they can't stay home. They need to go for work. And if they can take the risk to go for work, they also like, oh, I also can take the risk to have fun. Because if I stayed at home the whole year or just working the whole year, you'd be so annoying. So that's why like, I don't judge when people go out. I know it's the best case to stay home and protect yourself and family. But I also understand where they came from. Yeah. So I believe that the World Health Organization should, that's my opinion, but I'm not a politician, um, to actually roll out the vaccines that countries that are not handle it well, so they mm-hmm. can save the ma- majority of the people. And countries like Australia, that we're very lucky, is doing really the contact tracings, especially in New South Wales, is great. Like they have a really well team mm-hmm. that it's every time you have a little outbreak, in a week or so, you can feel like the numbers going to 18, 15 to 5, 0, 2, 3. So countries like Australia, we're pretty lucky. We barely have felt the pandemic to be honest so uh, I, I seeing from that perspective and considering the logistic and the distribution of those doses for 8 billion people I would save what the most that in the most risk which is the third world people and the people they don't have much resource to stop um, the pandemic yeah. and, and it's very sad because in, in, in the age of mass media mm. uh, great mainstream media propaganda and yeah. social media and whatnot, um, with with your response, what you just said now, we stand a chance of also having other myths being drawn across, let's oh, say yeah. for argument's sake, we're considering the third world to sort of help them first, mm. uh, but then mainstream, mainstream media comes up with the very other narratives again that, oh, yeah. they want you to die first, so, so don't take it. There's like this ongoing... Gotcha, yeah. Thing uh, uh, that people have to actually watch out for about you know the media and yeah. and I mean so to, to the listeners, Doctor Garcia and I, we're not really saying the media is a bad platform and whatnot, mm-hmm. but we're saying there, there are toxic people who are taking advantage yeah. um, of people's lives using you know mainstream media and and propaganda and whatever the case. Yeah. So yeah, um, Doctor Garcia, any last things that you wanna maybe share with us and a, a brief recap yeah. from your side from what we spoke about and i know you've got you had a bit of notes did we cover what you had and yeah. and is there anything you'd love to 
add on top of that or a recap what would you yeah. leave with the listenership first of all thank you for the opportunity to be here and sharing my thoughts and my my studies um the, i think the main thing is um keep it real you know like trying to check your sources um I've, Instagram, Facebook, all of the social platforms is great, but if you use in a bad way, it can you can go crazy and a lot of misinformation out there. So always ask yourself, what am I reading? Um, what is the source? Um, if you have any, like, go to the right platforms to search and like scientific platforms that a lot of out there with that have less jargons and words that it's hard to understand. Um, but uh, yeah, I believe in a better future for us, for sure. And we hope that this pandemic season has taught not only science, but actually empathy, loving your neighbors, value who value, like, values people and make... Yeah, I feel like put the world in a stop mode and say, like, hang on a second, what are we doing for lives? I feel like before COVID, we were like living this business life. And, yeah going up and down trying to and then everybody got caught up at home at least for a week or so doing nothing I feel like this is actually was a turnaround point for humanity and I don't believe this will be the last pandemic you're going to go through I believe more is is about to come it's just a natural response every time virus is jumping up and down in the kingdom's level animal kingdom uh, bacteria kingdom animal kingdom and um, humans so I hope we learn because I think it was the first time we've got a pandemic in the social media world. Right. So uh, <laughs> I hope true. we learn how to filter those information and to rely on the, the expertise. Yeah. People. You, you spoke earlier on about people reading any any sort of uh, journals with great reputation that you can yeah, so recommend. What we can do actually, there is a website called PubMed. It's every every paper journal paper which is academic approved and validated it's published there PubMed Pub, PubMed P-U-B-M PubMed M-E-D PubMed oh, Pub, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a great resource because it's um, the paper the scientific people that publish is all there so if you go there right now and type COVID you're gonna see the whole recent papers right and since the previously one last year's that's where I usually go for my resource. Usually you can download or see the abstract and see what they're talking about. Some you have to pay, some can rent, but yeah, that's one of my resources I go for. I guess most information in those journals which you would find on PubMed are actually, so the information correlates with what one can find on the World Health Organization yes. website, right? Yes, they always base. It's, PubMed is just a platform that gather all of this paper. Right. You, 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 put it, you can search by the writing the author name or the organization or any any heading like if you type covid or if you type um, vaccine you show up there even if it's like a chapter in the book or a paper itself a scientific paper itself it's a great resource yeah i, I pretty much go to that website every day <laughs> yeah thanks tony thank you so Talking much for your time and for your knowledge i really appreciate pro we will definitely have you back more to talk about yeah happy happy other parts of the vaccine part of the things you couldn't sort of get to cover from this episode but really thank you so much and we wish you all the best with your team you know post 
PhD. Yeah. So I hope life you're back to a certain yeah. normal, but not really normal because of COVID. Yeah. You know, so a bit of challenges here and there. Can go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you so much. I thank really you so much it. for the invite once again. Hope you guys enjoy it. <laughs> thank you. Thank so. You. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you need more information, I can also help link you with Dr. Garcia. If you have any sort of uh, comments or questions, feel free to sort of write back to me. You can find me on Instagram. My handle is at underscore black toned. Or you can find me on Twitter at underscore I tone. And if you just hit me there, I can share my email with you if you have any sort of more questions or whatnot. But Thank you so much for tuning in and see you next time. We are out.